I'm Joel's mom, and I'm not too happy that he and his friend Eric use vulgarities sometimes. But as a feminist, I see that they are speaking from the heart and trying to become more enlightened men. Belt, a two-man memoir. Joel, have you ever awakened in the middle of the night and looked down at the foot of your bed and seen a wild animal whose eyes were glaring at you with hunger and violence in them? Not since the time when I I was in a relationship and um, my girlfriend had this really angry cat who I thought wanted to like eat me and um, would often insert its asshole right in front of my face when I woke up. And, you know, that's nice and all, but it wasn't really what I was. It it didn't feel so appetizing at the time. I bet a cat ass doesn't smell nearly as bad as like a dog ass or a human ass. Yeah, I mean, some human asses I, I tend to like the smell of personally, <laughs> but... <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting you to say that at all. Hey, man, love is love, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But, like, I haven't been in love with any cat enough to love the smell of its ass or a dog enough to yeah. love the smell of a dog ass. Some people seem to not be bothered by such things. I once had a friend who liked to dare me to do things. Yeah. He would offer me $100 to do all kinds of things. Yeah. And I had a pet cat, and at one point he said, I'll give you $100 to lick the asshole of that cat. Did you do that? I did not. Because I, oh. I thought $100 is nice, but if, <laughs> if that's a path that once you go down it, you don't come back. Yeah, that, so, so I would have been impressed. So I forwent, the, I forwent the $100 at that time. That, how long ago was that? That was, oh, this was probably about, at least two, about 30 years ago. That's like $300 or something now or 200 bucks. That's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. You so, could have bought a few different cats and then, and then with, that amount, with that amount of dollars and then picked like a cat asshole that was like less smelly. <laughs> I could have had a stable of cat asses. Yeah, you could have made a lot of money. You wouldn't have had to teach. I'm, you know. I mean, it's a, it's a market that's not been explored. Not at all. The cat ass market. Yeah, that's right. So for years, I did indeed have these, I would call them night visions, um, mm-hmm. where I would wake up and I would see things. So, so did it feel, does it feel like, so it felt really real? Oh, it felt real. I would wake up and there would be a furry beast at the foot of the bed, often pigs, sometimes boars, sometimes bears, it's sometimes certain, smaller animals, wow. sometimes men. But what's happened is that the beasts have gone more within. Uh-huh. Um, so I still have dreams of, of wild beasts. And in particular, since I've become a father. So what do those look like? Well, I've had a recurring dream, strangely enough, and maybe this comes from my reading of fairy tales or or seeing horror films, of a boar. A boar. A big one. A gigantic boar, boar, kidnapping my daughter. Yeah. Um, So so I'd have a nightmare where I would, would, in in the dream, I would hear some scuffling around um, outside of my bedroom door. Yeah. And I would go, oh my God, what the fuck's going on? Something, yeah. Something's wrong. And I would run out of my room and I would run to my daughter's room and she would be gone. And I would see the window open and would look out the window. You're, you're running in your sleep. I'm running. Well, but this not, is the dream. This With, is the within dream. Within the dream, I run into my daughter's room. Yeah. I get into the room. Her window's open. She is gone. Yeah. And I look out the window and it's like some kind of you know forest out of a fairy tale or a movie. And I see this boar, like, look back at me with these really sinister eyes and disappear. How big is the boar? It's like as big as you? It's as big as a bear. And is it standing on its hind feet? No, it's walking on all fours, but it has gigantic tusks. And when it looks back at me, its eyes feel human. How does it, how does it carry away your daughter? Well, I don't know because the, my daughter's gone. By the, time, by the time I see him going into the forest, my daughter's disappeared. Uh-huh. It's as if he's somehow magically taken her away. Um, and then I wake up from that dream in, in, in you know, deep terror. 
um, and anxiety. Yeah. And then, of course, go into her room in real life and I check on her to make sure she's there. And of course, she always is. But for me, the yeah. minute I became a parent, and my daughter's 16 now, so yeah. this, this feeling isn't as intense, the world became so dangerous. Yeah. And this recurring dream of the boar taking my daughter. And in fact, part of the dream sometimes is that he's taken her to a cave yeah. and he's trapped her in a cave and she can't trapped get out her in a cave and she's dirty and she's hungry and her hair's all must and she's screaming. Yeah. And this boar is just standing there staring at her. Here's Dr. Andrew Smiler, psychotherapist and former president of the Society for the Psychological Study of Men and Masculinity. Part of the challenge about being a real man is that there's no specific kind of singular answer on what that means. And there are, in fact, lots of ways to be a real man. But what we learn mostly is that being a real man means not doing certain things. It means not being like a girl, whatever that means. It means not being vulnerable. It often means not playing it safe and taking risks. And certainly we have lots of movies about guys going out and doing risky stuff and, oh, isn't this fabulous? But if you think about it, especially in the context of the U.S., like we're all about choices here in the U.S. When I go to the supermarket, there's like 86,000 flavors of Jell-O. I don't think there's that much demand for all 86,000 flavors of Jell-O, but they're there. There's 47 different companies that make blue jeans. Like they can't, how do they all do that? But somehow, there's only one way, one set of standards that all guys get judged on as to whether or not they're a real man. We're starting to see, over the last couple of decades, some shifting in that. We have this, kind of these younger generations, including a lot of guys in their 30s now, who are trying to do fatherhood differently. But we don't really respect, at a cultural level, at a broad level, guys who don't conform to masculine norms, those really effeminate guys who are somehow super successful. Somehow, like, that doesn't quite count. That doesn't change our conception of masculinity. And so part of what we need as a culture is what women had 50 years ago. We need consciousness raising about men and masculinity and this concept of a singular way to be a real man. I've got two boys and I've got, you know, how the fuck are you supposed to like keep them safe? I'm I always... know how. Do you remember that John Travolta film, <laughs> The Boy in the Plastic Bubble? Oh yeah, I know. The made for TV movie? Yeah, yeah I saw it. Well, I, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, so he was in a bubble. He was in a bubble forever and he struggled and struggled. But and he wanted to be in the bubble. Well, he did until he fell in love with this woman. Right, then you had and, to leave and, your and bubble. I, th- I think he kissed her, you know, f- through the bubble. Like he had, he kissed the plastic. It was really sad. Right. But then at the end, he somehow got out of the bubble and they kissed for real. But you could put your boys in a plastic bubble. I know. Is so, what I'm saying. I know. And they would grow up to be like John Travolta, which means they'd be Scientologists. Yeah. Um, they and can dance really well. Dance really well. Zeke can, Zeke's a really good dancer. So is Ozzy. Yeah, And so it, perhaps if I was a better dad and put them in bubbles, as you said, then they would be able to um, live their dream and become as better dancers. This is another time. unexplored market, the cat-ass market, yes. but also the plastic bubble market where you put your kid in a plastic bubble. You never have to worry about them falling down the stairs. If you put a cat and a kid in the same bubble, or if you were in the bubble, 
with the cat, then you definitely would have licked, you would have licked its ass all the time. Oh, yeah, because you, you would have gotten so bored. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> you, you, no, you no, nothing else something. to do. <laughs> no, I know, I know. That's, that's what it, you do. It would have been it, like sign or, you know, swallowing. It would be so many people, you would roll around through the street in your bubble, licking the cat ass, and then all these people would come applaud you. They would and, applaud and, you. And, and you'd have a little hole for money to go in. You'd be famous. You'd be famous and rich. Yeah, and then you could build a, a plastic bubble as, as big as like Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and you'd be dancing in there too with the cat you'd have you'd develop a cat dance yeah it'd be awesome would olivia newton john come oh for sure and join absolutely yeah i bet she still looks amazing i know she does (laughs) (laughs) i saw her yesterday i saw her yesterday yeah we had similar nightmares about um parenting but they're different forms right we take our kids to town down the local park joel and i go to the same park haynes park yeah haynes park and we see this big play set and it looks fairly safe yeah until you actually have a kid on it. Yeah. So, all right. So Zeke is a really good climber. And when we moved here, we were trying these different parks. And there was one by this church in part of our neighborhood called Ardmore. Ardmore. And I love the playground there because it was meant for like two-year-olds. Yeah. And like it was really <laughs> tiny. Go. Everything's like one foot tall. One foot tall. Yeah. So first of all, it made me feel like a giant. That was Which really is important awesome. for you because you don't get to feel that way very often. I don't. Often. I'm shrinking a little bit and yeah. it's very sad. I mean, you're about as tall as a bar stool. Perhaps a little but a, taller. A tall one. A, a, a tall. bar stool for giants. <laughs> Hagrid's bar stool. Exactly. Yeah. Hagrid. Yeah. That's a big man. Man, that bar stool would have some stories to tell. For but, sure. Like if you're bearing the ass of Hagrid. Oh yeah, that's hard work. There's some stories to tell there. He's an animal lover. Perhaps a cat ass. Oh liquor. yeah. He's the keeper of magical creatures. Yes. Like Buckbeak. Buttbeak. Buckbeak. <laughs> So anyway, I love yeah. the little playground that had yeah. very the little, that was, the little playground, the, the tiny one, the okay. baby playground. But Zeke yeah. was an ambitious climber, yeah. you know, and that's good. I want my kids to, you know, to look beyond the bubble to try to like give yeah. them, you know, Allison and I want our kids to be explorers to give them agency. No bubble, more no bar- bark, more bark, less bubble. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Tree, but, tree bark, tree bark, exactly. And, you know, and they would climb stuff all the time. Zeke, Zeke, absolutely. And I didn't, okay, look, no one gave me any fucking parenting classes. You know, I've been teaching for a long time, but I had a lot of experience, like, hanging out with little brothers, but not not between ages zero and two. Oh, yeah. I never held a baby till I had my own child. They didn't trust us. Well, I was horrified of them. Yeah, they are scary. I was afraid I would hurt them. I know. I was worried I would drop them. And yeah. I think like, you know, my mom was like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. You're too wild. You're going to drop that kid. And so no one gave me a baby to hold. I would babysit. I would tell like I would do those things, but only for when they were like 35. When you would babysit, you'd have to sit in another room and like bore a hole through the door so you could watch them. That way they didn't want you touching the child at all. Exactly. Because you might hurt the child. Well, they trusted only a kid who could walk around. But I wasn't. Yeah. I mean, did you ever change babysit and change diapers? No, I, yeah. ne- I never saw a, a, a baby's butt until my daughter's. Yeah. But but look, have you ever said the word ringtail lemur before? No. <laughs> so you're talking about Zeke climbing. Yeah. And I like to think of a ringtail lemur. A lemur. Really climbing like a motherfucker. What does a ringtail mean? Like, is it like, there's well, like, like, there's a tail, but it's got rings around it. Yeah. Zeke, Zeke, Zeke could probably out climb that fucking lemur. He climbs so much, man. But the thing is, like, he could climb high, but then, but there's, okay, there's two steps for being a good climber. One is climbing high. <laughs> yeah. The other step is learning how to come down. How do you come down? So you don't yeah. necessarily learn them at the same time. That's true. And I wanted to get that dude agency, but he would climb really high, but it was like, yeah. well, he hadn't figured out how to get down. 
Yeah. And that was fucking terrifying. And I would have fucking nightmares about this. You should have given him like the big cleats that loggers wear. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. When they climb up. Are you a good climber? I'm a really good climber. You probably would just fall continually. I'd say I'm more of a B minus sort of climber. I mean, I would like to tell our listeners that I'm a good climber. Yeah. But I'm just okay at it. I'm good at it. Like a, like a ring-tailed lemur. But you're more of a singing lemur. I'm a singing lemur. <laughs> lemur. Lemur. Climbing up to the sky. That's pretty good. That was nice. I bet loggers have a lot of good logging songs. Yeah. You know, when you're chopping tree, you get to imagine you and I with like a big, like saw, one of those two handed saws. Listen, man, I am a sawing down redwood. I am a tree lover. You know this about me. Okay. And I would stop you. You have a a house of wood though. Well, I didn't, I know I feel guilt about that, but I didn't build that. I'm, I've devoted years to like protecting a sycamore tree. So that, that, that big saw, I would take it and then feel guilt and then try and then threaten you with it and you know um, give you nightmares, like uh, give you having saw nightmares instead of bore nightmares. Well, you know what I would do? I would take that saw away from you and I would bend it over my knee and get a fiddle bow and start playing <laughs> it like a musical instrument. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And it's a who cre- does that? It's, it's a creepy, I love that. It's so ghostly, good. haunting sound. It's so good. There's a great local band called Future Nature. Oh. And this woman, yeah. named Liz Simmons, yeah. plays the saw. That's cool. It's I, incredible. That's really good. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good. We need that. We need we need to learn to play the saw. All right. Man, if I could play the saw and, and live in a co- bubble. And, and, and live in a bubble. Ass. If you were in the I bubble. I would not need a cat ass if I had a saw. That would be cool. So, like, if you were, <laughs> you were in the bubble with a, the, the saw. With the saw. Playing the saw. And a ring-tailed lemur. And a ring-tailed <laughs> lemur. The saw would always be threatening to like cut the bubble, so you would also you'd still be in fear because the bubble might per- burst. You'd be playing this what? great saw. You get very excited, and then the bubble would like would break, and then you would it would fall apart, like it would crack open. And then I would cut my <laughs> hand on the saw because I would lose my. You would be filled my, with my blood. concentration. You would, yeah, it would be very sad. And, and I would then drown all the, in my own blood. And also the cash that everyone would throw in there, it would all spill out. And the then cat would be licking my blood. As yeah, I died. That would be sad. That would be awful. So I had similar fears if we were to go to a larger playground. <laughs> the, the, an adult, a playground for what? Five-year-olds? Yeah. All okay. Right. And so Zeke was precocious climber and yeah. he wanted to go to the, the higher ones. He, and, yeah. and, and Allison, you know, she, she didn't, she's not as like neurotic as me at all. She didn't no, have the same not. kinds of fears. She's a calm, much, much calmer person. Very calm. Yeah. And she was like, let's give our kids agency. Let's, let's, let's let them climb. And I was like, whoa, 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 what happens if they fall? And I was fucking terrified. So like I was, I was there with Zeke and I was ready. I was like, my muscles were tense. I would like go <laughs> climb and I would be ready to just jump up. And I, it was, it, I had nightmares about it like continually. Yeah. And yeah. then the worst thing was when Ozzy was on there with him too, there was no fucking way for me to monitor both of them at the same time. Yeah. So it was horrible. I think our kids like to go with the boar. Yeah. The they boar, like, they want the wild. They want the wild. We, they need to explore. We're, yeah. we're trying to shelter them too much. Just That's like right. the fucking suburbs. We put them in the bubble. They yeah. want to, they want to go where the bark is. That's right. Where and, the bears and the boars and the lemurs are. Here's Andrew. We've seen this interesting kind of evolution in the media where if you look at TV shows through like the 60s, 70s, 80s, you have all of these really responsible dads. You've got Mike Brady, you've got Cliff Huxtable, regardless of Bill Cosby's other stuff. Um, You got all these super responsible guys. And then we get to about the mid 80s 
And all of a sudden we get guys like Tim Taylor from Home Improvement and we get Homer Simpson where the standard becomes like if nobody has to go to the ER, it's a good evening for the kids with dad. It's a very different standard. We're the last five, maybe seven years, we're starting to actually see it switch back. If you look at some of the shows on TV, like uh, Blackish or Modern Family, um, we're seeing more of that responsible guy come back into view. Um, but it leaves real life dads who don't have a team of script writers and don't get three takes in this very odd place of, you know, again, what is my role model? A lot of dads, a lot of guys in general, want to be, they want to be, have fun. They want to be the hip, cool guy. But as a parent, they know that they need to protect the kid. And one of the things that we know across culture, across time, is that protecting family, protecting clan, protecting country are one of the ways that guys prove their masculinity, right? In the U.S. in the, in the 20s and the 40s, like, you go to war, you protect the nation, certainly true in lots of other places. So it's this very kind of strange tension of like, I'm going to be the safety officer and I'm not really going to worry about safety. Like it's the hangover movies and we're just going to go out and have fun. And most guys don't really have a good readily available framework for thinking about where do I draw the line on safety? Where do I let my kid, especially my son, take some risks? And is it okay if he scrapes his knee? Is it, is it okay if he tears up his new clothing? Okay, and like I, I sense like my elder, big age, um, was taking me to the zoo with the boys and we were going to be a wolf pack. Mm-hmm. And that was really clear. We started immediately, Jake was like two. And so he was in diapers. And, and then the other ones, Zach and Sammy were, you know, eight or something like that. And um, eight and seven or six. And then like, there was a whole range of yeah, boys. Okay. Yeah. And, and there was, so there was a stroller involved in like diapers, but basically lots of wild boys. And we get there and we're like, okay, let's start running. Okay. And this place <laughs> so, you, so you didn't lay down any rules. There was the no beginning. rules. There was like anti rules. It was like, there's a lot of rules. You wanted it. You, you wanted a day of, want, of male chaos. I didn't. I was scared. I was like, I was already having nightmares. Big wanted, H did. So Big H was like the trickster. He was like the he, trickster. Yeah. He just, he wanted to generate chaos. He wanted to generate chaos. I wanted to stay with the tiny one foot tall jungle gym yeah, at the church. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I did not want to go to even like the tall jungle gym at, um, Haynes Park. This yeah. was like Haynes Park on triple steroids. Like it was massive. Yeah. There was you were you were like the Joker sidekick. I was a Joker but sidekick. But a really shitty sidekick. I wanted to be in the bubble. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to put all of us in a bubble and <laughs> then just roll around on the concrete path of the zoo. I would have been fine running around like, you know, in the zoo by myself, but <laughs> that was fine. But like yeah. was, I'm supposed to be responsible yeah. for like my kids. Well, why do you think Big H was so comfortable? With the chaos. Maybe he just like... Because was he is a man of the law. He's a man of he the law. He felt capable. He knew he could bring the law down when he needed to. I think he's just less anxious than me, probably. Yeah, okay. And maybe also he's more experienced. He had a better analyst. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he had more experience as a dad, you yeah. know? And like, and he also maybe he knew the rules more. Yeah. So he wasn't as, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, you were a novice dad. I was a novice dad. You were dad. a tenderfoot, a greenhorn. I was a greenhorn. And like, yeah. so he, like, he also, I'm sure, didn't have like dad training classes, but like he, no. had, he had already been through the ringer. Yeah. 
He had been confronted by many cat asses already, and he knew what to do with them. And he them. knew his way around a ring-tailed lemur, too. Yeah, and he could sing at, at um, whenever he wanted to about um, the zoo. And he could play the saw and the hammer exactly. and the screwdriver. All of it, and nothing <laughs> phased him, or so yeah. it seemed. And yeah. so I was trying to keep up, okay? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't appear weak in front of my kids. I had to, like, try to show them how to, like, okay, we can be wild in the world. But the zoo is like... So he was like a bulldog, and you were like a chihuahua. I was a chihuahua. (laughs) Trying to learn my way to become a bulldog. And I didn't know what the fuck to do. And I was, like, challenged by him. I was like, okay. But then immediately, we're running around. We see this cave, okay? Oh, yeah. But the thing is, man, like, at the zoo, it's not like... It's not it's like, like a styrofoam cave. It's like a styrofoam cave, right? Yeah. It's like all fucking Disney-fied, right? It's yeah. like, it'd be one thing if we were in the forest and running around. That would be like, fine, no big deal. Yeah. But like, it's a forest. And like, what, what can happen? What can happen? There may be one or two boars, but there's not going to be like a lion in styrofoam <laughs> next to a bear in styrofoam, right? Yeah. Like, it's like confusing. Like, you know, and like, it's all this weird artifice. It's like suburban forest. It's like a giraffe on AstroTurf. A giraffe on AstroTurf. Yeah. So I don't know what to do in that world. It's this weird constructed world. So it is. It's like the zoo is is a is a is a fantasy of order over chaos. Yeah. Uh, of, of of imposing civilization over wilderness. Yeah. But still having a little wilderness and a little chaos. Right. Just enough to keep it exciting. So there's a tension there, and there's a line that I was supposed to be walking anyway about being in the wolf pack, but also trying to be a responsible dad. But it wasn't a line that I drew. Well, no. And so it was like I'd rather draw the. Line. I had no agency of that line. So that fucking confused me because I was like, okay, where's the line well, exactly? It's, it's, the, yeah. it's the fallacy of the excluded middle, either or. Either you're in the plastic bubble right. and you have total control over your environment right. or you're out in the middle of the forest and you've got no control at all. Right. And the zoo is, is a kind of like a fantasy right. of reconciling those two extremes. It's a fantasy. And then there's whoever designed that had their versions of it. And then Howard had his versions yeah. of it. And I had no agency whatsoever. And I was just like following you're the just path. like a, a little chihuahua. <laughs> dropping around. the nerve of a styrofoam jungle. Yeah, and I didn't know what the fuck to do. No. Okay, like, and so I was just supposed to respond. But the problem is when you have five boys, it's like running around and we're, we're encouraging them to run around. So we're in the styrofoam cave, okay? Yeah, yeah. And there's like a loop. It's like a track. And like you can climb it, apparently. My boys have immediately figured out that you can climb it because they're good climbers. So yeah. they're climbing up this fucking styrofoam <laughs> Why didn't, you, why didn't you climb after them? I thought you I, were. I, I was. I was doing that, but they yeah. were. They were going in circles. Oh, okay. They were out climbing you. They were out climbing me. They were faster than me. Yeah. I, I I couldn't keep up with my kids, so I wanted to retreat into the bubble, and we're running around in this yeah. cave, and then eventually we end up. You know those like petting zoos, like in the zoo. Don't even fucking get me started on a petting zoo. What the fuck is that about? So the petting zoo, you go to the goddamn Dixie Classic Fair. Yeah, and it's like these bubblegum machines. Yeah, but they have animal feed in them, like yeah. like kibble. And you put a quarter in, yeah. you get some kibble in your hand, and then there's a fucking llama. Or wait, wait, a, or what is a kibble? It's a kibble. It's like those little like circular like brown it's like things. Dog food. It's dog food. Yeah. And and what is that? It's like it's probably like it's the like wor- very, very worst part of of a cow. Pressed, you think it's actually together. meat? Well, some dog foods have meat in them. This yeah. is probably like cereal. I think it's more. This like is cereal. more like um, battle, battle Creek, Indiana stuff. What the fuck is it's that? It's like all cereals come out of Battle Creek, Indiana. What is Battle Creek, Indiana? Do you Indiana? remember growing up and like on the back of a cereal box, you could like 
cut part of it out and oh, yeah. like write in to Battle Battle Creek, Michigan. Actually, you could write into Battle Creek, Michigan. And they would send you some kind of prize, like a ring or, you a, allowed sea, to eat, or a sea monkey. Were you allowed to eat all the different kinds of cereals? Oh fuck yeah! Count Chocula, Blueberry, Apple Jacks, <laughs> Tony the Tiger, Frosted Flakes. I ate them all. That's I was good. a cereal fiend. Unfortunately, at the petting zoo, you cannot get Apple Jacks coming out of the bubblegum machine. If you gave that to the animals, they would love you instantly. Maybe. Uh, they, well, the way they could show their love for me would be by keeping the fuck away from me. Because they come, you put the kibble in your hand, or in your daughter's hand, and it's like alpaca, or llama, or, I don't know, maybe a fucking donkey. They come up, and they just lick the shit out of your hand to get all this kibble off. That's so, because they want you to lick their ass. Well, I don't know that that's the case, but maybe, given, given, Perhaps. G- given how we've been theorizing, maybe yes. we've made a recent conclusion. And then when you leave the petting zoo area... yeah. There's like this disinfectant. Yeah. Like that's so much. Area. That's the bubble again. Where, where you have to like put your hands in acid or bleach to get rid of them. And right. all I'm thinking is, What's I just, the point of I it just watched some animal porn. Because I mean, <laughs> I mean, the petting zoo, it's like you're reducing these poor animals right. to a commodity. That's right. To give you some kind of pleasure. And obviously you're not having sex with them. Right. But you're commodifying them. Yep. And you're like making them lick your hand. Yeah, that's for, fucked up. For your own pleasure. I'm, I'm so with you, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like they're being forced to be affectionate. And there's something you. about a llama or an alpaca licking your hand, which just breaks your heart. Have you gone to Donkey, the- not so much. Why? Because llamas are cuter? They have more, they're not domesticated. They have more yearning in their eyes. Have you been <laughs> to the llama wine vineyard? You can ride at alpacas. You can ride on llamas and get um, plastered on wine. They're very soulful animals. I would like nothing more than to ride a melancholy alpaca and then have a Chardonnay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, there it is. So anyway, there was the similar kind of thing in yeah. this L.A. zoo. Okay. So like there was a petting, all this petting stuff. And I was immediately, but there was a lot of them. There seemed to be... The way we were doing it anyway, there were one kid was like way over on that side, the other kid was way over on that side. Like I didn't know where the fuck they were. They were like petting the animals, but they were bigger than our the, the kids. And I was like, shit, yeah. do these things like trample kids? Like, yeah. is this okay, not okay? And I was trying to be cool. I was trying to be like, Yeah, like whatever, like no big deal. I'm a cool guy. Like I can roll with Big H, you know, I can handle this. I'm a member of the Wolfpack. So are you like standing with Big H the whole time when the kids are spread out, or are you two kind of separated we're, and trying trying to manage? Yeah, I think we were because I'm also bonding with my brother in law. I'm yeah. like, hey, yeah, we can be cool, you know, I'm like, you know, I are, are you trying to be funny? You're yeah, like, trying to be funny. Jokes. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah like how clever I am. You speak in German. Yeah. I'll speak in German and yeah. like, I can't do that, but I'm going to try anyway. And like, yeah. you know, and, um, and yeah, I want to be a cool guy so it can be, cause my brother-in-law, I want to be, we, we need to be friends. And neuroses is never cool. Oh yeah. Neuroses is <laughs> not cool. So I'm like hiding them. Yeah. I'm yeah. burying them yeah. in the sand. You're not, ner- you're appearing, trying to appear cool when really you're nervous as hell. Yeah. Probably like, you know, I'm like all these nervous ticks. I'm like probably biting my nails. <laughs> I'm like probably like, you know, like instantly like doing some tap dancing or something hey, like let that. let me ask you this. Yeah. So do you like to pop your knuckles? Well, I don't do that. You do that, don't you? I love to pop my knuckles. And, and just does this past year... Does it help neuroses? Well, no. I, I, I love Bugs Bunny as a, as a kid. And every yeah. time he would want to play the piano, he would yeah. like crack his knuckles before. Yeah. And then he would play the piano beautifully. Yeah. So you should I, do that. I crack my knuckles and maybe something good will come well, of it. Well, you, then you could play the saw. I could play the saw. But I think I've de- developed a nervous tick. Because about a year ago, I, I yawned really hard yeah. and my jaw popped. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that felt good. So you so, can do it all so the time. So I go around all the time, like opening my mouth as wide as I can, <laughs> hoping my jaw will pop. 
You're waiting for the cat asshole to come to I, you. I, I think maybe I'm doing it unconsciously now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But, it's but, a good nervous tick. It's a good nervous tick. You know, but so I was trying, I was yeah. trying to hide my nervous, nervous ticks. ticks. I was yeah. trying to hide my nervous ticks. I was trying to remain cool when trying and trying to be a member of like a wolf, a wild man, like a cool guy, someone who wants to hang out. But, but I'm fucking freaking out. And we're still just in the, the giant petting zoo. Okay. Before like the mounds of like bacterial, like, you know, <laughs> disinfectant get poured on our heads. But I just wanted to like live in the bacterial, um, like a giant bacterial. You want a big vat. I wanted a vat. I wanted, I wanted. Of antibacterial I wanted liquid. all of us to be in the bubble filled with antibacterial gel. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? You like, were having hand sanitizer fantasies. I was you like, you wanted like whole body sanitizers. I wanted whole body sanitizers as like my kids were like, you know, being threatened by getting, you know, trampled and yeah. um, assholes confronted with their faces <laughs> like continually. <laughs> so anyway, eventually, thankfully, we get out of the um, petting zoo. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, everything's cool everything's now. Everything's good. Everything's good. No problem. You made it, you passed the first test. Passed the first test. It's all yeah. fine. Yeah. Get out. And immediately, I lost, I lose one of my kids. Just like what happened with Una. Yeah. I had no idea where Zeke was. Uh, oh, my God. At all. Yeah. Okay. So. So did you scream? I had How did to, you try I, to remain cool? I tried to remain cool. <laughs> the inner yeah. howl of the boar. The inner howl of the boar. Was loud. Yeah. And I was trying to drown it. But with, you nervous ticked it back down. <laughs> I, I was trying really hard to nervous tick it back down. Yeah. And I was dousing imaginary, like, huge <laughs> bottles of sanitizer on my Onto head. <laughs> I'm, I'm showering in it. In to the, drown in the, the inner boar howl. In the boar howl of, like, the imaginary pus, plastic bubble that I was constructing in my mind all yeah. around me and yeah. my kids who I didn't even know they were so it needed to be a giant bubble even styrofoam was horrifying you at that moment all of it I was yeah. in total horror and I was trying <laughs> to horror. pretend yeah. that I was fine yeah. you know which what I mean? is really what it means to, to be a man <laughs> that's what it is to a man yeah I have, I have a good definition of bravery let's hear it fear yeah. plus action that's good do you, do you think br- Okay. Because, because I mean, to be is, brave, I mean, you have to acknowledge that you're really afraid that something's yeah. at stake, but you yeah. act, act anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think some people assume that bravery means you're not afraid. Right. But I think bravery means you're really the fuck afraid, but so, you act anyway. So, uh, yeah, if you're not afraid, you're just dumb. <laughs> yeah, you're the dumb animal <laughs> whose, whose DNA gets wiped out. <laughs> you're the dumb animal who does not have his ass licked. <laughs> if your ass is licked continually yeah. by humans, then, then you you're know, smart. I, th- I think you've developed a new nervous tick. I have a new and nervous that's tick. saying ass licked, I which like you've it, said uh, about 38 times yeah, in the past 10 minutes. I know. It's a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, I don't know. I, I, how many minutes did was I able to overcome the howling? Maybe five. Five minutes. During which time your your child is just gone. Yeah. And you're still remaining cool. I'm looking, um, but I'm starting to look around. Yeah. Okay. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking around for him. I can't fucking find him. Yeah. Okay. And then all of a sudden, fuck, this is so bad, man. It's so embarrassing. Okay. So then all of a sudden there's a guard, like one of the zoo guards. A zoo okay, guard. Okay. And there's, um. <laughs> a zoo guard. A zoo guard. What is the zoo guard? I was just like, thinking, are you, sure, are you sure he's a zoo guard? It was a woman. She's a zoo guard. I mean, it's not like the animals need to be guarded. They're already Maybe it's in, about, in, in, in prisons. Okay, yeah. So I think it's about because that line. Because zoo's a kind of prison. It's kind of, it's it a is prison. a prison. It's a prison it's for an the animal prison. It's an animal prison. 
It's like a pretty animal prison. So, so in the 18th century, aristocrats yeah. would go to the insane asylums yeah. just to watch the inmates. That's what it is. And that's what we're doing. That's right. To watch these animals behind bars act out for us. Yeah, it's like the gladiators. We're turning animals into whores. They're whores. That's right. It's really fucked up. And they also, but it's not, it, there's, there, it's like, yeah, it's the animal, turning the animals into whores, but they're also that line between the wild and the civilized, they're the guardians of that line. And they, and so That's in this, right. and so in this case, here's what happened. Okay. So I see this guard in a, like a moment before I finally see Zeke. So I'm very happy to see Zeke. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy though <laughs> that Zeke Literally, had, he's a good climber. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. He had climbed into the prairie dog home, their fake styrofoam home with all the fucking holes. And there's like a fucking pack. Okay, so one prairie dog is small and a little cuddly. Now, a wait pack. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean, a prairie dog, that's like being called like a, a water cat. What is a water cat? I'm just saying this like, it's a species oh, on yeah. its own. Yeah. But, but, but whoever named it was so unimaginative. Yeah, that's instead, true. Instead of saying like yeah. prairie strider. Right. It was like, oh, it's just a fucking dog that lives on the prairie. Yeah. That's so sad. It's really sad. It's like we only know two animals, cats and dogs, because they're our pets. And yeah. everything else is like a furry cat. I mean, you, or you like think of like, like, like antelope. Now, that's a cool name. That's a good name. But prairie dog? Yeah, that's a lame name. That's a lame name. They seem to be pretty smart. They, they have like whole cities underground they are all connected with each other like there's all these holes going up and down they like they seem to work together i don't know i don't really know much but there was a naked mole rat movie you see that with errol morris fast cheap and out of control oh yeah 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 yeah. i imagine i remember that that was cool you know what the prairie dog needs some representation yeah they're not getting the fair shake they need they need a new name they need a brand we need to help them big h big h big Big h H get on this to be their advocate for a new name well we can help too we can we're doing it right now yeah. So anyway, so Zeke probably like responded to them. You know, maybe he heard my inner howl because I'm connected to with Zeke. Him. They you were know? the prairie heroes. The prairie heroes is like this is bullshit. This is styrofoam. I am a. I'm a. I need so agency. Styrofoam. These are not fucking dogs. These are not dogs. <laughs> I want to help them. I, I want to be these their are, agent. These are prairie heroes. <laughs> I want. I want to. I want to free them. Yeah. So he climbs in there. He's like, listen, I speak your language. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to find out who you are. I'm going to introduce myself to you. I am Zeke. And yeah. he gets in there, and he's all chill. There's, like, lots of them. You know, he was he's a smart dude. He didn't climb in with the lions or the bears. Yeah. And he was just there with the prairie dogs. And it was like, okay, it's all cool. Yeah. The zookeeper, though, the zoo guard. The zoo guard. She was like, no, the prairie dogs stay here. You stay out there. You're past the line. She like, yelled at your boy? She said, whose dad is this? Whose kid? No, whose kid is this? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. No, whose kid is I this? Know. The but, property. But you saying it that way? Whose dad oh, is yeah. this? Suggests that you wanted to kind of remove yourself from it. It's like, oh, he's the dad. Oh, yeah. I'm not the dad. That's right. I'm I, not the kind of person who would be that kind of dad. Yeah, I was, a, I'm, I was I'm, a bad dad. I'm just saying, Dr. Freud. Yeah, I was, I was, I was a failure <laughs> as a dad. Yeah. So I was trying to remove myself. That's right. Blaming it on big age, blaming it on the institution, blaming it on the country, everyone other than me. Yeah. So anyway, she was like, whose kid is this? But there is a kind of property there. It's like we own the prairie dogs and, and, um, and we're supposed to own the kids yeah. and throw them in the bubble. Yeah. It was not in the right spot. So she wanted to, so Zeke wanted to cross the line. He did he cross the line. He gave himself a dare. He That's wanted right. to go over the line back into the wild That's from right. civilization. That's right. And the zoo guard said, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm going to put you back in the bubble. I'm going to put you back in Away the Away from the bar, yeah. back in the bubble. That's right. 
That's right. Which is probably good because he may have been bitten by the prairie heroes. The prairie heroes, like <laughs> if there's a lot of them, they can work together and they can cause some they damage. They could like eat him. That would have been so bad. Everyone was looking at me. Like the whole fucking city yeah. of Los Angeles yeah. was looking like, at who's me. Who's that fucking terrible father? Yeah, that terrible dad right there. Let his kid go with the yeah. prairie heroes. Yeah. And so Zeke, and then she was like, okay, I'm going to climb in and get your son. And Zeke was like, uh-uh, I'm going to climb out myself. Nice. He's like, no, I'm going to have agency. And so he did. And I was really proud of him, but I was filled with shame. But I, yeah. thinking about the way we're talking about it now, is like, yeah, that dude was like, no, let's draw our own lines. Zeke became a prairie boy. He became a prairie boy. Yeah. Yeah. Belt. Belt. Belt, a two-man memoir, is a podcast by Eric Wilson and Joel Tauber. Dino Herman composed the music and did the sound design. For this episode, Zoo... We interviewed Dr. Andrew Smiler, psychotherapist and former president of the Society for the Psychological Study of Men and Masculinity. Subscribe to Belt, a two-man memoir, and listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And on our website, belt.live. Copyright, Joel Talper and Eric Wilson. All rights reserved.